0: Hey guys, this is Kurt. Welcome back to Parenting Today. We're so glad to have you with us today. John and I are going to jump into episodes three and four of season three of Stranger Things, continuing our series on this show. We're going to talk a little bit about RYM. We're recording these on the eve of high school Florida week two. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about RYM history before we get into the episode. Uh, So glad to have you with us. I hear some music and let's get into it.
1: Another episode of parenting today. Um, Again, as we said last week, I'm here with Kurt Cooper. We're literally getting to sit in the same room, which is nice, and we're in the promised land. Um, Yes. And this is actually Monday of high school Florida two of our high school Florida two conference. So we're probably gonna have some background noise, right, Kurt?
0: Yes, and this is the calm before the storm, before 1,300. High school students descend on Laguna Beach Christian Retreat Center for high school Florida two. It's gonna be crazy. The granddaddy of them all. If if the if RYMs were bowl games, this would be the Rose Bowl. <laughs> so.
1: For for those who don't keep up with sports, that didn't really help them. Can you think of another analogy there?
0: Well, the Rose Bowl is called the granddaddy of them all, which is why I use okay. that. See. Yeah.
1: Well, there you go. That's not gonna help people though. That's okay. They don't
0: keep up with sports. Okay, I don't know, an illustration on the spot. Chess championship, which chess championship? (laughs) Chess championship. For those who like to play memory, (laughs) (laughs) this is the first match. (laughs) There used to just be what is called now High School Florida two, and now there are six conferences Mm -hmm. throughout the summer. They added a middle school, Florida. Then they added Colorado. Then they added a second high school week in Florida. Then they added Texas, middle school, and then last, last, um, few years. Last few years they've added high school Mid Atlantic. So in Northeast th- Maryland. Yes. So those are the six conferences in the Mid Atlantic. Is the only one to go after Florida Two is done. So,
1: and for those who who go a little back, a little ways back at the Mid Atlantic Conference, um, this is for you. But there's a T-shirt that's going around out there where it's Mid Atlantic, where they misspelled Atlantic on the T-shirts for the conference, uh, and uh, they had to order new T-shirts. But there are a few people out there who still wear the Mid Atlantic. Uh, I'm I'm
0: t-shirts. here for all obscure RYM T-shirts. I have a very obscure one. Oh, yeah? I have RYM High School Florida 2005 T-shirt. And the reason that that's a super obscure one is because there was a hurricane. Hurricane Dennis. Yes. And so we didn't have the conference. and But I still have the T-shirt. So
1: and Hurricane Dennis never actually really happened. It, it came through. It turned into a tropical storm. Yes, I think by that's the time right. It hit the,
0: yes. Because there was I, nothing big. I wasn't serving in Trinity Montgomery at the time, but the guy who was serving there before me, Blake Smith, they just decided because when it downgraded to a tropical storm, they just decided to come down and have their own kind of RYM, just them, at the beach. They had a conference. They said it was pretty fun. So
1: we ended up going to Dallas, um, and I remember our communication. We said, forget Dennis, we're headed to Dallas, nice. and we had some John Piper DVDs, um, the Blazing Center. Do you remember those DVDs? I don't. He did a youth conference back in the day. You can still get these DVDs, mm-hmm. and so we would. Um, Yeah, watch a few of those sessions and then talk about them in small groups, and then we went to Six Flags, and then we, I think Six Flags also has a water park, so we did that one day, too. So, yeah, we turned it into our own conference last minute.
0: Also, just FYI, I got married in 2005. Wow. Congrats. So, yeah. 14 years ago. Anyway.
1: (laughs) So, um, yeah, we are, so Kurt and I, okay, we said we're going to watch two episodes, and then Record a podcast. Um, if you listened to last week's, you know we watched two episodes into 2.30 a.m. Two. in the morning. We mm-hmm. were really tired. That's right. Um, and what we did was the next day we ended up watching two more episodes mm-hmm. because um, mm. things are busy. Things Why, are, John? Things, <laughs> things are crazy uh, this week. And so n- now we're recording um, the Monday of this conference. So we technically, I'm saying that to say we did not follow the rules, but part of that is I don't know, there are 20, 30 people here on the weekends. There's a lot going on, and it's kind of hard to just carve out time to watch these. Kurt and I have both of our ki- our kids here. That's not
0: really why. That's John. part of it.
1: Uh, I don't feel like that's just a – look. Uh, we're going to come clean. I'll come clean. Well, That's
0: not uh, what I mean. I just think that the reason that we watched the next two episodes is because – where it's not just John and I sitting in a room watching them. It's John and I and the RYM interns and some of the staff the and band. their spouses and the band, and they all want to keep going. Um, the, yes. the, the, the drive to binge is strong. And so the next night they wanted to watch two more, and I thought I said to John, well, let's just watch two more, and then we're going to record the podcast. But then, then, ladies and gentlemen, John Parrott, our fearless leader, buckled so hard, <laughs> and the next night – the next night, he was like, "Hey, we're gonna watch two more in the Promised Land on the big screen," which sounds kind of cool, but we hadn't recorded a podcast for three and four, which is what we're doing right now. So, Kurt, the bastion of integrity in this podcast, <laughs> the the rock that stands among the river of cultural flow toward binging, said, "You know what? I'm I'm not gonna do it." So, this is as self righteous as I get, right here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I don't know about that. That's a, that's a, <laughs> yeah. that's a lie as yeah. well.
0: That's probably not true, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm really feeling it. And when I said I was the bastion of integrity, I don't know. That's pretty good. I don't know if i ever was said good. that. That was good. So thank you. That's good stuff. So I have seen through episodes three and four, but John has seen through five and six, and he's going to do his dead level best not to let that bleed into what we're talking about. Yeah. But if you're listening, you just know that John is – the weak, hypocritical. <laughs> I'm looking him in the eye when I say he's this, which is really going. fun. Yeah, he's the weak, hypocritical. Uh, he just wanted to be cool. He wanted the interns to think he was cool. and it's so peer pressure. Yeah. He buckled, whereas Kurt was strong. Also, well. Kurt thought about coming over, and Kurt's wife was like, Kurt, y'all, you should just go to bed. And Kurt said, you like how I'm talking about myself in the third person? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kurt. And Kurt was like, you know what? You're right.
1: It was probably more like, please, Marty, please, can I go? No, <laughs> Kurt. You it really wasn't.
0: Uh, honestly, like, I wasn't tempted at all. I, like... And I think this is this is where we can run back into Stranger Things, is that I don't love Stranger Things the mm-hmm. way that um, everyone else does. So it's, I enjoy, what I enjoy is watching it with other people and talking about it, but I don't so. really, I'm not like eager to find out what happened, so it's easy for me to say no. Like, yeah. I think the more that you like it, the m- and the more that you're hooked by it, the more that you're just like, okay, well, I need to see the next episode.
1: Yeah, yeah the thing that absolutely gets me is watching it in a group. It, it is yeah. fun to watch it with a group of people, and honestly... I I mean that's that's really what we were trying to foster through this podcast was a shared mm-hmm. experience, and so what what we do like about the fact that we're not just sitting down and watching four episodes in a row, yeah. what we're we're get, we're able to theorize with each other. We're yep. able to talk things through, even when you know we're watching one episode and they only give you three seconds before the next one starts, which that's quicker. Some of the mm-hmm. other. Uh, you know, shows I watch on Netflix, it's, it's you know, you've got 15 seconds before the next one starts. We can hardly get up to pause it before the next one starts, but we do intentionally get up and pause mm-hmm. it just so we can rehash. Okay, what did we just watch? What are questions we have? What are we confused about? Where do we think it's going? And that's fun.
0: Yeah. And one thing I thought was really cool, particularly about season three, I mean, excuse me, I'm going to probably make that mistake a lot between episodes three and four is that we had a we had a big discussion uh, among the group about between episode three and four about who the shadow monster versus the mind flayer versus the demi gorgon, like the the monsters in this show. Who is what and how they're related, and we were, there was disagreement. I'll say that I I said one way, and then Anna Grace Newsom um, uh, was explained it another way, and I said, well, I don't know. I feel like this may be... And then, in the very next episode, they basically, like, t- hold you by the hand and explain it, and it was exactly how Anna Grace described it. Wh-
1: which episode was that where they that laid was that episode out? four. Okay.
0: Where they explained... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh Episode four, the sauna test, is where they uh kind of hold you by the hand and explain, like, what the... um Mind Well Yeah, uh, what, what the mind flare is and what happened, and we'll get into that in this episode a little bit, but uh anyway, just like another fun part about theorizing is being wrong um Mm -hmm. i know it sounds weird to say but like you just think okay it's fun to hear people just give harebrained ideas about like what might happen um i know that in yeah there's a vulnerability there yeah Yeah, there's
1: just that chance like you said you could be wrong
0: yeah but you could be right yeah and that's fun too yeah and so the
1: the kind of emotional rush or whatever from that is just it's fun um, but yeah, and, it, it and ha- no
0: one knows, so it's not. I mean, like it's the it's the best way to be wrong, which is like, oh well, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, who cares? Yeah, that was my guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but but it has been. I mean, just watching this with people makes it makes it fun because I, I'm with you. I'm I'm not a huge Stranger Things fan. I mean, we've said that. I mean, you hate the show. <laughs> okay. um, every time you mention it, I mean, people. I mean, when people mention it around, Kurt, he just spits on the ground for some reason. <laughs> he just gets so angry. Um, see now, people uh, think.
0: See now, our people are going to think that what I was saying was like exaggeration yeah, about you, but that's it true. wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, I see the game that you're playing, John. So he, I like this. I like podcasting he, when we're at odds with each other. This is <laughs> yeah, much better. It is, it is Conflict is interesting. It, that's true. Yeah. Um, no, Kurt <laughs>
1: likes it okay. It's just it's not his favorite show. I'm a little. I enjoy it a little bit more than he does. Um, we've got some people
0: here who really like. Oh, it. Oh man, um, that's speaking of Anna Grace Newsom, and not to call out les newsome her father but uh who was the rf but you just did yeah i did so calling out les newsome on the off chance he listens to this um is that she said that they watch the whole show in one day they watch the whole season in one day that that like the family sets aside a time like around like when it comes out and they like get the the popcorn and uh, that's sinful, by the way. There uh, <laughs> listen, <laughs> just listen to our binge
1: watching yeah. podcast. I'm joking, everybody. Wow,
0: John parrot shots <laughs> fired. So, anyway, um, and she was saying what I thought was really cool is that she was getting, uh, I texted Les for something completely different and, uh, that we were talking about, and, uh, she was. And he, he – anyway, he was messaging me, and he said, Tell Anna Grace we miss her, especially because Stranger Things mm-hmm. is here and we're all together without her. Oh, man. Which is really sweet. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's – like, watching these things with someone, like, um, so much better than watching them alone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would argue that watching them separate better than binging, but, you know, yeah. to each what, their own.
1: One minor correction I wanted to make before we're about to get into season – I'm sorry. Episode three and four. Yeah, it's hard not to do that. I know. Um, the, the minor correction. I know I said last in the last recording. Some of the only violence was when the rats exploded. Yeah. And I did want to correct that just for those who care, those who are listening. The scientist, you know, exploded in the very first oh, yeah. episode when the laser that was trying to yeah. get through to the next realm. You yeah. short-circuited. The very first scene. Yeah. Lightning comes up. And, and so anyway, that is a fairly graphic scene that happens right at the beginning and mm-hmm. wanted to acknowledge that. I those. was really
0: used to that because I've seen a lot of scientists explode. Yeah, that's so. true. Yeah. Desensitized.
1: Yeah. So, episode three, uh, it is entitled uh, The Case of the Missing Lifeguard. Yes. Um, Kurt, you want to just kind of give some highlights, recap that a little bit? And we'll sure. kind of get into some conversation. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, uh, what happens in this episode, uh, we, uh, we get to see which is my favorite part of the episode? We get to see Steve, Dustin, and Robin, the newcomer, and the ice cream shop girl. If you're wondering who that is, uh, they uh, begin to run down the rabbit trail of the Russian code. Uh, Robin is the one who figures out that uh, the the discussion or, or the transmission that they intercept is actually about the mall itself. And uh, we'll find out more about that uh, later on in Hopper and Joyce's timeline or, or their story. But uh, they uh, not only do they do that, but they also recruit uh, Lucas's little sister, Erica, to be a part of a secret mission that finishes in episode four. Uh, so uh, on the other side, Max, if you if you remember from episode two, Max and L have been having their girl time, um, which is kind of a fun little mm-hmm. like side like note yep. here. Yeah, it was really fun. And uh, in episode three, we find out that they're gonna have a little fun. They play a version of Spin the Bottle where when Max realizes that Elle can um, use sensory deprivation to like spy, basically, on people, she uh, they make a list of boys and they spin the bottle and they look in and they end up looking in on Mike and lucas and will and there's some uh c- the boys are lamenting uh their uh they're that they don't understand women and that women are a separate species and i'm sure this will be played as like chauvinism although uh, anyway i don't know what to really think about that um i think every boy has wondered like what is a girl thinking are they from a different species not in a uh Not in a mean way, but just in a I-can't-figure-this-person-out situation. Uh, But Elle obviously takes uh, offense at that. Uh, And then they look in on Billy. And Max is worried that Billy is going to be doing something gross, as she says. And it turns out she's right, but not in the way she imagined, that Billy is doing something. It's obviously the scene where Billy is bringing Heather, the missing lifeguard, to Whatever it is, the mind flayer, the monster, the rat conglomeration, rat king situation. And Elle immediately realizes that there is a real problem. So so those are two of the storylines. Joyce and Hopper are uh, running down the uh, magnets and they head back to the laboratory where Hopper runs into uh, Chokeslam Guy. Uh, from the very first scene. <laughs> and we're uh, gonna call him from here on out. Chokeslam, Chokeslam guy. guy. Yeah. yeah, Russian Superman. I don't know, Russian Darth Vader. I don't know who he is. Chokeslam then, flat top. Yeah, flat top. He does have a flat top. And and then uh so they're doing that and then our fearless reporters, the journalist, uh Nancy and Jonathan are investigating um uh, they're investigating uh they go, they're going Ms. back to Miss Driscoll's house. Miss Driscoll's house. They're headed back to Miss Driscoll's uh, to get the rat uh, because they've run into some resistance with the chauvinist at the uh, newspaper. <laughs> so,
1: And I should say, whenever Kurt says fearless reporters, there is a slight smirk on his face. So uh, those listeners need to know that's said with some sarcasm, I believe. A little bit. <laughs> I think in the last podcast, you brought that up, that yes. narrative a little bit. And I'm sure that's going to continue in our discussion
0: my view of the media in 2019 colors my view of hawkins post in 2000 and and Mm -hmm. i'm sorry 1985 a little bit
1: and something too this might be getting ahead just a little bit i know a theme that you picked up on was you know the the male characters being portrayed somewhat negatively in episodes one and two and that's right that you know continues in three and four Mm -hmm. i will say and this is maybe a, a question too you know, as we talked about Eleven and Max getting together and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, deepening their relationship because they were at odds kind of mm-hmm. competition earlier. And so we like that they're they're getting together a little bit. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, she convinces L to use her powers for evil. I know they could be p- putting it strongly for yeah. evil, but I mean, that's deceit. That's spying in. That's invading mm-hmm. someone's privacy. Yeah. Um, is that the first time she's used her powers? evil. I mean I know of course she's Not, she's murdered people and so some of that is justice we would say she uh defended, protected from um well bad in, people. But when
0: Dustin comes home in the very first episode of season three, she uses her powers to surprise him. Mm-hmm. Uh so uh to but with but the there robots. Yeah, that was so, an evil intent there. Yeah. I I mean like I guess sh- I I hate to even use this word, but like uh I wouldn't say that she's using her powers for evil there. I don't know. That's fine t- on the boys. Yeah. I mean, I guess it is. Uh,
1: it's just, it's interesting that, you know, she's so naive and there's so much she uh-huh. doesn't know. Oh, yeah. Um, and now that she's becoming, you know, just mm-hmm. in deeper friends, the relationships are deepening. She's, you know, starting to realize, wow, I've got a pretty cool. What? <laughs> Power that yeah, I we can use.
0: You know what? I'm gonna I'm not gonna go against you on the evil because he, let me throw something out to you, which again, this gender in the show I think is really being highlighted. But how much does that scene change or the way in which we view the characters change if it's the boys who are finding some way to spy mm. on the girls? Wow, that's how good. much does that change? It changes it completely, right? We don't think of L as being like uh, bad or I even like kind of shirked at the idea that you that you call using her powers for evil to check in on the boys because what the boys end up doing is burping and farting and mm-hmm. so i mean just that's exactly what happens in the episode and she's grossed out by it but how much more is that and that really plays into um uh, you know a lot of the discussions that we have about gender and uh and how the genders are treated and you know, all these different things. But how much, how differently do you think that plays mm-hmm. if it's Mike with the superpowers and he's looking in on Elle and Max's slumber party without them knowing? Mm-hmm. Wow. And then
1: if you go even deeper in that and talk about just kind of the filmmakers and how they would portray how that event would unfold if it was reversed, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, it would typically be, you know, the girls are changing or they're in the shower or something along yeah. those lines. Mm-hmm. And that's how the guys would want to use that power. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting to even think about just how that would be modified if the genders were reversed in that yeah. role. Um, that's an interesting thought, Thanks. Um, but, <laughs> but it's, but it is good just to think about <laughs> just to stop and say, okay, you know, this is humorous in the movie. They're just kind of somewhat innocently using this. But I mean, that's a big deal. I mean, yeah. if, uh, I mean, again, it's just voyeurism and it's basically just putting a ladder on a windowsill and looking through someone's window and just spying on them. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's ma- in the in
0: in the movie it's portrayed that that the fact that they call girls another species is I'm sorry in the show, the f- that's like what they're really offended by. In fact, Elle calls back to that later on when she sees Mike because I guess I'm another species. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when the real violation that's happening here is, uh, I mean, wh- whatever you think about boys calling girls a different species, uh, or boys calling girls a different species, the real thing here is that she's spying on them, um, and that's really and. In in all honesty, that's just a plot device to get to her spine on Billy. If yeah. we're honest, the show is using that yeah. as kind of a neat little callback to times of youth and then also to, like, drive the plot forward to where we can see where Elle where, – because Elle and Billy are on a collision course, obviously, yeah. which yes. is going to happen in, in episode four.
1: Yeah, and remind me, is uh – Episode three is that where Hopper gets stood up by Joyce?
0: No, he gets stood up at the end of episode two, and then the episode three is where he, co- where they have the confrontation. That's right. So,
1: because you already said, you know, uh, he, he remarks, "I'm law enforcement; I can do whatever I want." Mm-hmm. Something along those lines. That's she right. comes.
0: She comes to his house after she visits the the teacher, and she's to talk about the magnets, and he's really mad that she's hanging out with the teacher and about the magnets and he goes on this long diatribe and when he comes back out uh she after changing she's not out there she's already gone to his shed to get the bolt cutters because she's headed to the lab that's right um so and they they go together to do that and that's when uh chokeslam guy beats (laughs) up hopper and i have to say that both john and i audibly were disappointed that hopper lived through that and the only reason is it feels like that was a little bit contrived. They mm-hmm. needed Hopper alive, but they needed to show some danger. But this guy slammed a Russian scientist for seemingly no reason and killed him. Like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't he kill Hopper who he doesn't even know? Yeah. Unless like, they're planning on using Hopper for some other, Yes, you know, and music.
1: of course, we both like Hopper. I mean, he's yeah. probably one of our favorite mm-hmm. characters, um, but it's just the lack of realism there. And I know, yeah. okay, we're, we're talking about like an alien movie where this yeah. force is coming around and just... The truth is out there, John. <laughs> the realism. But but still, I just seemed like, oh, what did they even, they could have made the altercation different or something like that where he could have gotten away or, I don't know. Um, mm. It just seemed like he, that guy would have killed it. He doesn't care. That, yeah. that guy is going to kill whoever gets in his path. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely when he's snooping around the old uh, science lab, um, what was it, Hawkins, what was it called? Something. Oh, I don't remember. Okay. Anyway, and so this one ends with uh, Billy. Kidnapping, did you say Heather is the lifeguard?
0: Well, he's already kidnapped her, but, but he, this one ends, this episode ends really creepily because uh, when uh, when Elle and Max find the bloody whistle at Max's house uh, in the ice bath, uh, they're convinced that Billy's got something to do with Heather's disappearance. And when they go to Heather's house, Elle uses her powers to find the, the address with the red door. And it's Heather's house. After real, after Heather speaking to her in the in the sensory deprivation and saying, "Help me," uh, L goes to her house and Billy is there eating with her parents, seemingly you know having a great time. And Heather comes out and she seems okay too, but she seems okay in the way where the viewers are like, "Okay, there's yeah. something Billy definitely."
1: Billy and Heather—they're they're definitely overly courteous. Yeah. Just the way they're talking—it's it's very eerie.
0: Yeah. So uh, after Max and L leave. Oh the big thing is is that Billy and L recognize each other. The Mind Flayer inside of Billy mm-hmm. and then recognizes L and L recognizes and they see each other and it's clear that they're on a collision course to have some kind of con- confrontation that the Mind Flayer the enemy sees L as, you know, its biggest enemy. But at the very end, uh Billy and Heather brutally attack uh Heather's parents uh and uh chloroform them it looks like or something like that.
1: Smash a wine bottle over mm-hmm. the his dad's head. head.
0: <laughs> and then they then they uh make him pass out with some kind of like ether rag or whatever. And, and she
1: shoves her the heel of her shoe into his back, right? Does she? I know she it shows her step on his back yeah. and it looks like the heel actually you know punctures his back. oh I don't know. But I mean she's again possessed at the yeah. moment.
0: So um <laughs> Female <laughs> empowerment I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> It's like The heel into I mean he is kind of A chauvinist in the show So uh, Yeah <laughs> so. A little uh, over the
1: top Yeah
0: but maybe maybe Not as much it. as Chip Gaines But
1: <laughs> We've got to say Jake Busey His character In this uh, He looks like Chip Gaines Oh that's true For those Who watch uh, Yes he's, he's one
0: of the worst people in the In the He's the worst guy In the In the newsroom And <laughs> He does look like chip gains a little bit yeah
1: which i'm I'm trying to find Jake you see uh, just his name bruce um, bruce
0: so that moves us into episode four and that's where it, episode four is called the sauna test and uh this is where this is like the tension's definitely increasing oh big time and i would totally agree with that and the big part of this episode is that this really gets back to what stranger things this is this is cl- a classic Stranger Things episode because this is the kids working together to, uh, two sets of kids working together against higher powers, the underdogs.
1: Yeah, there's been a lot of separation just w- mm-hmm. with the whole group. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody, that's one thing we've kind of said is the storyline's a little difficult to follow because you're going to so many mm-hmm. different narratives that And the that are cuts are place. Place. fast. Yeah, yeah. And so here we do have, I mean, Max and Elle coming back with you know Lucas, Mike, and Will.
0: Before we get to that, we do need to mention yeah. Will's fallout from the group. It's that Will tries to get the group. We said this in our recap of episodes one and two when we discussed Will, is that he is trying to get back to childhood. He's trying to get back to a time before he was attacked by the monster, and he's trying to get back what he lost. And his real frustration is that his friends have moved on. And there's a real confrontation between Mike and Will when Will kind of rage quits uh the uh, Dungeons and Dragons session the campaign that they were trying to do and uh Will even says uh Mike even says to Will it's not my fault that you don't like girls and there's a lot of discussion about what this means does that mean that Will is uh attracted to boys or does that mean that Will hasn't moved on hasn't left that uh pre you know puberty situation um and obviously, mm-hmm.
1: I mean, Kurt's done some digging on this. I have. I mean, there's some articles, obviously, out there that are, okay, what yeah. do they mean by this? I believe, could be incorrect, but I believe one of the Duffer brothers is homosexual. I'm not positive about that. But you but can keep going.
0: It could be. It, it, it could be that that's what they're trying to indicate is that Will is, um, is gay. Um, but I don't really feel like... I was reading an article that doesn't feel like that is what's really being said here. What they're trying to say is what we've already hit on is that will is not ready to move on from childhood yet that his childhood got interrupted and he's trying to get back to it. Um, and maybe that will manifest itself in whatever ways, but uh, that's a big part of season three. What does that mean? When he says, when Mike says to will, it's not my fault. You don't like girls. Does he know as he, has Mike always known that will is gay or uh, you know, what, what does that mean? And, uh, so that's something that we have to make note of because I'm sure it's going to rear its head again at some point in the future. Um, but moving back on to season, I mean, to episode four, uh, classic Stranger Things episode. You've got two groups. You've got Dustin, S- uh, Steve, Robin, and Erica working together. Erica, our young capitalist, explains <laughs> capitalism to us perfectly um, and <laughs> free market economics. And uh, you can't spell America, America without, without, Erica. without Erica. Um and she's small enough to get into the ducts of the mall so they can get to the room that has the strange boxes. And so they recruit her, and it's them on that project. And then on the other side, uh, you've, got, uh, you've got Mike, Lucas, Will, Max, and Elle are going to trap Billy in the sauna and uh, to figure out if he really is. Uh, trapped by the Mind Flayer. And this goes back to when Will was possessed by the Mind Flayer, how heat was the only thing that could drive the Mind Flayer out. Yeah. And, um, and you've
1: seen Billy at the the pool, and he's, mm-hmm. you know, in the shade. He, he's mm-hmm. tries covered to stay, in white yeah. and um,
0: drinking and icy. And uh, this is also the episode where Will explains exactly how the Mind Flayer works. And uh, we talked about earlier that a piece of the Mind Flayer was inside of him. And got out via that exorcism uh, with the hot poker um, back in season two, and but that piece couldn't escape back to the upside down because they had L clo- had closed off the upside down, and so that's the rat situation. Everything that's been building up, and which
1: that, that's a pretty cool continuity. I mean, from yeah. season two to season three, it is that they didn't just forget about that. That they mm-hmm. explain it, I think, fairly well. Yeah, um, which yeah, I I appreciate it. I thought that was. That was good.
0: On the other side, so we've got that. Cla- that's the classic Stranger Things. You know, the kid. What are the kids doing? And then you have the two. What I call the adult plots, which are Nancy and Jonathan getting fired from the paper uh, after they discover that Miss Driscoll is eating the fertilizer. She's possessed by the, of Frankie the sc- moment. Frankie yeah. moments. Yeah.
1: I mean, if you, if you've watched it at all, that might be. There's a few jump scares in there, but that is the eeriest, just kind of disturbing moment. I think. As it's of tough. now, this point in the series,
0: um, and uh, they discover Miss Driscoll at the end of C- of episode three, and then in episode four they take her to the hospital, or they call the authorities to get her to the hospital. Then they're called into the car, they're called onto the carpet by a now possessed uh, uh, Heather's dad. <laughs> I don't remember his name, but he runs the Hawkins Post, and he uh, he tells them that they shouldn't have acted like they were reporters when they weren't and they shouldn't have followed the story when they told him not to, and he fires them. And this begins Jonathan and Nancy's split, it looks like, because Jonathan is from the rough side of the tracks, and he needs jobs and internships, and Nancy is an idealist who's had everything handed to her. Of course, This is how it's played out. This is not my opinion of their characters, but this is how they, they play it out, their they're huge fight. And that leads to Nancy and her mom having this real heart-to-heart, which is... A little weird, actually, a little strange because the only way we've seen Nancy's mom previously mm-hmm. is that she might want to commit adultery with mm-hmm. Billy. And so it's, it's, and uh, that was her main storyline in season two. And to see her kind of take on this mother role with Nancy is a little strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, but,
1: and I, I will say there were some jokes online of uh, seasons one and two how Nancy's mom repeatedly was telling the kids you can talk to me you can talk to me i'm here oh, really? for you." and it, they kind of splice all those together to where it was kind of comical that she yeah. said that all the time and yeah. so i don't know if you know that got around and so the duffer brothers are thinking okay look let's have yeah. or actually have a conversation <laughs> with with the children but, um but that nancy that is
0: empowered her mom says you know it's really hard for women out there and you've got to stand up and, and i'm proud of you and nancy feels empowered to keep going and to pursue the story even after being fired, and maybe it get picked up by a bigger paper. And by the I way,
1: the, the head of the Hawkins Post is Tom Holloway, okay. so Heather's father, Tom. Mm-hmm.
0: So, and then the other adult plot is Hopper, and Joyce, and uh, they they are going to go visit the mayor, and they they pay a visit to the mayor, and it gets pretty rough. It gets pretty graphic. Hopper tries to almost, or at least threatens to cut off a piece of or one of his fingers <laughs> yeah. uh, and they find out that the mall has been buying up property uh that the mall has been paying kickbacks to the mayor in order to secretly buy up a ton of property around Hawkins yeah. and this is like the you know the corrupt politician who's influenced b- by russia I mean this is like the gee, I wonder where they got that inspiration but
1: mm. but it is i mean <laughs> Did you want to keep going down that a
0: little bit? No, not really. I, I think that, you know, the cover is... I'm sure that's you know, the current political climate p- plays some role in it. Maybe even the most significant role. But the thing about these episodes and the way the episode four ends, you know, a lot of this is a callback to a movie called Invasion of the Body Snatchers, um, which uh, is a classic uh, 80s uh horror movie alien invasion uh aliens uh get inside people and control them so it looks like your friends but it's really not them. they're being controlled by the aliens and that is all a big metaphor for communism for the threat of communism uh, that's been explored in many different places uh and so you know this stranger things takes place during the height of the cold war in the '80s, before the wall came down, uh, before the um, dissolution of the uh, Soviet Union, so uh, all that is going on as well, uh, and y- you definitely get that feel from from this. But you definitely get like a the very end of this episode has a very strong callback to Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which we'll get to. Yeah, um,
1: yeah, and I mean, many of that know that those who have followed Stranger Things I mean the Duffer Brothers have gone on a record of you know having giving a nod to certain movies that they mm-hmm. appreciated and were inspired by and mm-hmm. you know there's definitely a lot to to Steven Spielberg there's a lot to Stephen King as well mm-hmm. um, I mean I think all the law enforcement um, are mirror uh, th- those in the movie Jaws mm-hmm. um, and I think it's Amity um, yeah and not Amityville I know that's a horror movie but Amity Town whatever it is yeah. in Jaws mm-hmm. and so um, yeah they're uniforms are you know exact uh replica of those from jaws and so you'll you'll notice that but kind of going back to i mean you talking about the altercation between hopper and, and mayor larry klein um obviously uh, episode three and four the tension is ramped up i mean Big it's getting, and, and i mean part of that is there's eight episodes and so we're halfway through at this point yeah they've stepped um, on the gas at this yeah, point yeah because i mean we know once hopper <laughs> punches the mayor in the face and then goes mm-hmm. farther punching him again slams and then, his head into the door yes to break his nose yeah and then puts his finger in a cigar clipper whatever you call those things and you know is cutting his finger threatening to chop it off there's no turning back here That yeah. <laughs> there's all kinds of you know if, if mayor larry klein wants to go just the, the natural route and try to get you know him suspended um whatever or if he wants to go to the what do we say? Flat top mm-hmm. choke slam? Is that yeah, what we're calling? Choke slam. Them? Dr. Choke slam. Choke slam. Choke slam. Uh, if he wants to go that route, I mean, he can just kill him. Um, so there's no turning back. I mean, there's a lot of just tension going on. Um, and they, well, I'm trying to think of it. See, this is where... Gotta be careful here, but yeah, because they, they go, go too to far. his house.
0: They go to his house, and they find out that this is where they find out that this, the mall is okay. buying so up. So they've, they've kidnapped the mayor. Yeah, I mean, pretty much <laughs>
1: breaking the law. So mm-hmm. it's pretty big.
0: Yes, and they leave him uh, handcuffed to his bed or to something, so he can't get out. Uh, I think the but the emotional center of this and really the climax of this entire episode is the sauna test itself. The kids trap Billy in the sauna to see. Uh, and there's and Max is still holding out hope that her brother Billy is not possessed by the mind flayer, and uh, they trap him in the sauna using a dummy and some radios in a very Stranger Things kind of way, uh, a very like Home Alone feel to some of these things that they do. I realize Home Alone is not an '80s movie, but Goonies, Goonies, okay. yeah. There you go. So, uh, but uh, they trap him in there, and Will, after some debating. Uh, And yelling back and forth, uh, Billy's saying, I've done some horrible things. He made me do some terrible things. And then Will gets that tingling on the back of his neck. And he says to the others, he's here. And at that moment, Billy somehow um, gets the strength to break the glass and to break through the door of the sauna. um, And there's a fight that goes down. And uh, at first, it looks like Elle has the upper hand. And then Billy... Uh, really has got Elle in the chokeslam position. She's ready to – I feel like we're talking about a wrestling match. It's, uh, you know, Billy comes off the top turnbuckle and (laughs) slam. And then – but – and Mike comes to the rescue bravely. Mike steps up and hits him over the head with some kind of pole or something. And that's when Elle uh, takes over and throws Billy through a brick wall and Billy runs away. And uh, and that's kind of the end of – that's that's the climactic scene, although it's not the end of the episode.
1: Yeah, there there are some interesting moments, like you said in the the sauna scene. I mean, that's the emotional um, climax of of that that episode. But to have Max just hoping for her brother to yeah. be okay. I mean, that that's a, that's pretty cool. That's a moment where you're bringing it back into kind of the implications of okay, this isn't just a possessed evil guy. This guy has a story. This guy mm-hmm. has a life. Has a family. Um, and so kind of brings you back into, yeah, just the realism of this and the, the like I said, implications Yeah, of and it's it. funny. When Will
0: was possessed by the mind player, we felt sorry for him. We don't feel as sorry, I think. The viewer doesn't feel as sorry. I think you need that because I don't think the viewer feels as sorry for Billy.
1: Well, if you do remember in uh, Season 2 when he was abused by his father, mm-hmm. that does give him some story yeah. where you have some sympathy. But you kind of forget that. Yeah. Uh, but it's important to have that in there of just this is – why Billy is such a punk, you know, yeah. not that this is why, I know he's got some responsibility, but there's also, mm-hmm. I mean, there's just the implications of growing up in the household that he's grown up into. And, you know, they might delve into that a little bit more in the um, ensuing episodes, but, but you've got that. And then you also have the, the interesting, where you have Billy starting to, to weep over some of what he's done. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, you know, is that really Billy or is that the mind flayer? getting to a point of desperation, realizing it's getting really hot Mm. and he's trying kind of, okay, if this doesn't work, then I'm going to have to...
0: Is he trying to deceive them (laughs) by acting acting remorseful. So
1: just the eerie nature of that, that you've got this fairly intelligent, you know, spiritual slash alien force that's able to manipulate and work. um, Yeah, it just brings a level of uh, unease to, to just this whole story because we know at this point... And he's taking over Billy, he's taking over Heather, <coughs> mm-hmm. he's taking over Tom. And en-
0: at the end of this episode, this is where at the end of this episode we see that hes they've taken over quite a few people in yes. the town. They—they they, And this is the invasion of the body snatchers uh, call out for sure is that uh, they look uh, over as the episode ends and the camera begins to pan back toward the, v- the viewer and more and more people are in that basement uh, along that road. Uh, yeah, and, and Miss Driscoll is screaming, trying to get there when she passes it in the ambulance. She's yeah, trying to get back to where it and is. And she reaches out, kind of mm-hmm. like.
1: And and you've got, um, you can't see all the faces of the people, but you can tell some are one's a policeman, mm-hmm. and one's a uh, a postman, mm-hmm. I believe. And so you're yeah. just thinking, okay, he, he this mind flayer has an army that's yes. out in Hawkins. Mm-hmm. Who, who can you trust? Uh, that's just yeah very and and so i feel like episode three and episode four i think these are the best right now um in the story that these are are building up and um it's becoming more intriguing and now there's more um yeah there's more at stake Mm -hmm. so what are i know we're we're gonna start wrapping this before too Mm -hmm. long but what what are some themes that you're still kind of picking up on some some more discussion i know we've hinted at some of the gender um Aspects of the storyline.
0: No, I think this one is not so much a like I feel like these two episodes. There wasn't a lot of like uh, I didn't pick up on a lot of like grander themes that they were trying to introduce. I felt like it was more like let's get this plot kick started. Let's drive this plot. Like let's step their foot on the gas and let's like because the first two episodes the table is set and then now like some there's a lot of action here. Um, every every all four stories that nancy and jonathan with mrs driscoll uh hopper and, hopper and joyce and the mayor and and flat top chokeslam guy <laughs> then uh the kids in the sauna and then the kids at the mall uh they're all you know we didn't even mentioned that the kids at the mall do get into the room and it's some kind of elevator that's going down and there's some kind of crazy green substance uh that they're that they don't understand what it is. So all of the plot is just like racing forward. Um, there isn't so much like uh, any. I have. I didn't pick up on a ton of like themes or important like uh, ideas being presented in the story as much as it was like okay now like th- we're we're headed towards some conflict. And I think when we when that conflict gets resolved in whatever way, then the, you know we talk about what that means.
1: Yes, yeah, so one of the criticisms that I would give, and I know. We've already said I've seen episodes five and six. But even at this point, I, I'm not sure the decision on why they only did eight episodes because it is moving so quickly and you have a decent amount of storylines to keep up with. This does seem a little rushed. I don't know mm-hmm. why they didn't do 10 episodes, 12. Uh, and and I mean, to even have some episodes where you don't even I uh, think it'd be okay, where you did not even pick up on... Um, you know, Hopper and Joyce's storyline, where you just kind of had an episode where they weren't technically in it, and you just followed two of the storylines. It seems like it would be, uh, you know, just somewhat slower paced and easier to follow. Um, So that's kind of a criticism. It just seems like it's jumping so quickly.
0: And Stranger Things has moved into, it's no longer a darling now. And it's season one and even a little bit of season two. It's like, look at this new thing. This is cool. It's all this 80s nostalgia, and I like the story. And, Uh, It's also there's a mystery to it. And so everyone might overlook some of the flaws. But now, like the rush nature of it and the heavy handedness of it, I think I would say if I describe the show in two ways, other than what I've already said, is that uh, it's a little rushed and it's a little heavy handed. Uh, It's a little on the nose uh, with uh, with the storytelling. So and, and now, you know, people are taking a closer look at it. And so the warts of the story and the warts of how it's being told are starting to show a little bit. And, you know, that's, the, I think that's just a part of it.
1: And I, I think an aspect of that too, which you're, you know, to your point, um, the kids have gotten a little older. yeah, They're not as cute <laughs> as, they, yeah. as they were. And so some of that even, it's kind of like you're, you're relating to them differently and yeah. um, they're just not, you know, uh, how they were. And yeah. so I think that's why the criticism is a little bit Stronger, and I also wonder because this gets to another point. Growing up is
0: hard, John. It's hard, and (laughs) you're all it's its awkward. Yeah, it does. It really does. When you're 11, 12, 13, 14, you're really like in the throes of puberty, you're in the throes of teenage angst, and you don't understand everything that's going on, and you want to, and there's all those things are going on. So, that's that's a difficult time. So, it would make sense that they're you know that it's well, kind of difficult to watch in yeah. some ways.
1: And, and I wonder, too, if that's why they brought in Erica's character, which is Lucas's sister, mm-hmm. and she's the one, you know, for those who've been watching, who's always wanting the samples at the Scoops mm-hmm. Ahoy, I think is the name of the ice cream she's the place. She's a sassy one. Scoops Ahoy. Um, that's uh, Charlie clapping in the background, if y'all yeah. can hear that. Um, and I don't really, I don't care for her character. One, I mean, she's kind of bratty, and... And, and <laughs> she's she's a little bratty. I think that's part of it. But it's just, I don't know, it's strange to me to bring in such a younger character. But I wonder if, if that's part of the reason why they're doing it. Because these other characters have gotten older. So let's yeah. introduce a, a younger character. You know, she's got some funny one-liners and, and all yeah, that. Yeah, she's definitely played for humor. Yeah. And she's, and she's sassy. But, but they kind of, I don't know, they, they don't make her as likable to begin with. Because, I mean, she's demanding these mm-hmm. scoops or the, the samples. And it even gets annoying to the the scoops of holy people. Mm-hmm. So you kind of wonder, okay, if she's going to become a character in the story, why do they start her out that way? Why not, you know, have her a little more charming or whatever? But I also, you know, I wonder, again, this is, we don't know where the story's going to go. Um, maybe there's some maturity that happens with her through... You well, know, whatever they get involved in or whatever.
0: It might be a little late in this podcast to bring up this discussion, but we do... I mean, like, race has not been brought up at all. Um, we haven't talked about race. Uh, you know, Lucas and his sister are really the only two people of color in this story uh, that I can think of off mm-hmm. the top of my head. And, uh, you know, the... Uh, it's it's a little diversity in the cast yeah it's a little bit of a trope to have the female black character be sassy and also seem to like if you just listen to me you'd know what was going on like um we've seen that character before um and i don't know if they're trying to play off that who knows what's going to happen with her she's been on the screen such a little time but it's interesting to see did they bring her in because she's young all right well john I think the noise yeah. of the interns doing whatever it is they're doing is a sign that we need to bring this to a close.
1: And Michael Hall actually just entered the building. Yes, Michael so Hall is here too. So we definitely just flew in off. from uh, Virginia. We've got to be able to welcome him. Yeah. But no, Kurt, this was a good discussion. Um, yeah. We'll pick up uh, episodes five and six. That's right. Um, it'll air next week. Yeah, on Friday of the following week. So anyway fun discussion hope you guys are having fun hope you guys are uh, sharing this experience with others and uh theorizing and all that good stuff so kurt i guess we will talk later
0: see you guys next week